This is your second go-round for running for mayor. Uh, you've uh, been on the council since 2006 when you were appointed. Uh, but let's just kind of start with some background information people who may not know. Obviously, you've been a part of the city for a really long time. Um, I know you grew up here. Were you actually born in, in Champaign? I was not. I was born in Newport News, Virginia. My oh, okay. dad was stationed on an Army base. Oh, okay. What, how old were you when you moved here? Uh, three so yeah, that's basically your whole life. Yeah, my dad came for law school, and um, we lived in married student housing in Urbana. And then uh, he graduated law school, was offered a job in Champaign, and we or we moved to Champaign. I guess his job was in Urbana, but yeah. um, we moved to Champaign. I've been in Champaign ever since. So it's been your whole life in the Champaign-Urbana community. So obviously, you're a lot of background just from living here your whole life. I've only been here for eleven myself, so I don't have that much background. I'm <laughs> sure you do. Yeah. Um, but you've you spent 14 years on the county board before your time on the council, so you've just been involved with, with city government a lot. How has that just prepared you just to kind of be in the mayor's office the last four years? Well, I think part of it is um, making community contacts so that um, you have people that you can rely on to ask questions of on various issues. Um, some of it is knowing the other players in local government so that you have contacts in the other governing bodies um, and in the staff. Um, and then, you know, just kind of the experience of interacting with the community and interacting with your fellow council members and, you know, being able to kind of assimilate all of that information and try to make good decisions. Now, um, obviously, just with the, the lawmakers and legislators um, in the last four years, what have you learned from that role um, in going to Washington, D.C. with the group? You probably did that as a council member in the past, but um, now you're the leader of the city. You got to talk to Springfield. You've got to talk to the Washington lawmakers, the senators, and the representatives. What have you learned uh, now, being the leader of the city, the last four years, and doing those things? Well, I think um, one of the things I've learned is um, how proud we should all be of our community. I think sometimes, particularly as we're going into a campaign season, we can focus on all the things that need to change or need improvement. Um, but I also think it's really important to take away what a great community we have and how seriously we are taken at the state and federal level. Um, you know, Champaign-Urbana, um, Champaign County is really a shining star in the state of Illinois. And so they, they like to work with us and they're interested in our issues. Um, you know, I think that um, what I've learned is that government moves slowly and that it takes time to get things done um, and that, you know, a, you may plant a seed about something that you'd like to work on and it may take several years before, you know, that banner gets taken up um, and you, you just have to be patient with the system. And I think right after you took office, or maybe right in the middle of that, uh, was the two-year budget in pass. Yes. And then the third <laughs> year, they didn't pass the budget till I think right around July fourth or just after. That's right. So they did it late three. They didn't do it for two years and did it late the third year. Um, that kind of got you thrown right out of the fire to deal with that for the beginning of your term. How difficult was that? I mean, obviously the city manager runs the day-to-day -day things for the city, but and the council works together. But how difficult was that? Uh, from your standpoint, just to deal with not knowing what's going on in Springfield? Well, um, so I think uh, there were two different things that happened there. One was a recognition at how 
uh, well-positioned the city of Champaign was. We had made some really incredibly tough budget decisions during the economic downturn, and we also had some rainy day funds available. So from a city of Champaign perspective, although it was not ideal, um, we didn't we didn't have a crisis relating to that at city government. I think where the crisis really occurred was that it was a terrible impact on government employees, including those at the University of Illinois, our largest employer, um, and also our not-for-profits. And where the city really needed to start picking up the slack was the services that the not-for-profits normally would provide in our community. It had a devastating impact. And those three years, I think, we're still feeling the effects of even though you know we didn't have a city government budget that was in the red, um, I think our community still suffers from what occurred. Let's talk about the makeup of the council. It's changed uh, since you become mayor quite a bit. Uh, you've had four news just since you uh, took office in May of 2015, since that council was seated that year. Um, you have a lot of candidates running, like six or seven running for three at-large seats now. Of course, Tom Bruno's been the council since 96 or uh, 97, excuse me. Uh, Kyle, Will Kyle since 2009. Uh, Michael Ledoux was uh, off the council in, in 2017. So there's a potential here for a change um, if three new people win to have even major, more major turnover at the council. Does that really impact the city again because the city manager does the day-to-day things uh, with that much potential turnover and what has turned over in the last four years? Does that impact the city in any way? Uh, it does. And um, and also um, the other at-large member is Matt Gladney yep. that's mm-hmm. running. Um, the M- Matt, Will, and Tom are actually our most senior council members at this point. Um, our district seats have have all turned over. Um, and that's that's pretty rare, at least in my time on council, there had been significant stability with, you know, you'd change out one or two people over the course of a couple of elections. Um, so it does impact, certainly there are new ideas that come in with new people and, you know, some urgency to get things done. Um, The city of Champaign is particularly good about teaching you what your job is as a council member. That's not to say that they tell you what to do, but, you know, like our city government 101 class, you go to every department and you meet every, you know, you meet employees and you meet every department head and you really learn what we do as city government. You meet with the city attorney to learn, you know, what your role is and how to do that. So, Whoever comes, I am confident that that they will be equipped with the tools to be a great council member. I will say that um, it takes time for council to gel as a group and to to move forward and get things done. And um, we have spent a lot of time in the last four years making that happen. Um, and so stability with our most senior council members, I think, is something that is important and that I support. Speaking with uh, Mayor Deb Finer running for, uh, for re-election against Azark Cops coming up on April 2nd. 
Um, you maybe touched on a little bit there that you know, maybe some fresh ideas if you when you do get new council members in the last couple of years you, when you've had new ones. Um, has that, despite the fact there's not the stability there and the council's had to work on gelling again, has that been kind of nice to have some new fresh faces and some new ideas coming up with different things uh, when the city has issues that come up? It's all, it's always nice to have um, different perspectives. And so, um, you know, we, I, you know, Champaign City Council historically was primarily you know, white, male, middle class dominated. We're now um, a majority female city council. We have diversity um, of um, color on our council. And, uh, you know, we just, we have a lot of diversity in viewpoints. We also have different economics um, for different council members, you know. And so we get uh, a lot of input that we never received before, and that's awesome. I would also say, though, the Champaign City Council is open for business every Tuesday night, and any member of the public can come give us their opinion as well. And so, you know, just because maybe your council member you know, isn't the same gender or doesn't look exactly the way that um, you do, um, that doesn't mean that you can't come have input. And council members are amazingly open to meeting with constituents and responding to constituents. And so um, there's lots of opportunity for input. Well, let's uh, get to some of the issues that have come up uh, during the campaign season here uh, for you and your opponent, Mr. Cobbs. Um, One that it was, you know, he's discussed more than once is the timeline of the Garden Hills project. Obviously, those kind of things take time when you're tearing down houses. Well, first, you got to talk to the property owners, get them to agree to something, buy the property. Closing on houses, as you know, takes a while. Um, and then the, the demolition and then getting development. That's all process takes a long time. It's not a quick process, but he's concerned about the timeline of just getting lights in there and other things. What's your reaction to, to some of his concerns on the timeline, how long it's going to take, like a decade or so? Well, so I certainly understand why the neighbors are frustrated by the timeline. What I would say is that in the last two years, the timeline has moved from a 30-year timeline to a 10-year timeline. So it's important to note that council has listened. Um, Is it tomorrow? No. Um, But it's way better than it was. And part of that was this council... um, and myself, we voted to increase the stormwater utility fee, which is what is the basis for paying for these kinds of projects, specifically so we could move the Garden Hills project up. Um, you know, we've had some talk about you should get street lights and sidewalks in there right now. We need them right now. And I, I agree they do. But we're going to do a major um, drainage project in that area. And so street lights and sidewalks that are going to be torn up in, you know, three to five years as we come back through for a drainage project doesn't make much sense. What we've done is we've, we have what's called the SLEEP program. It is um, payment to homeowners that meet um, certain economic criteria that allows them to put a street light in their front yard um, and get reimbursed by the city. So we're trying to increase lighting. It's not the big you know street lights you would imagine as a city street light or an Ameren street light, but it will increase lighting. We've also got a partnership where if you're 
you're a landlord, um, we'll pay for a portion of that as well. Um, so we're, we are working on issues in Garden Hills. I totally recognize that when there is a, you know, giant um, rain event and you're standing in your, you know, street and you are up to your knees or waist in water, um, that sounds like platitudes. Um, but we have to balance the needs of the entire city and we have to figure out how to pay for it. We also have to have the capacity to do the work. So as you pointed out, um, you know, the, the beginning part of acquiring homes and tearing them down is, is not an overnight process. It took a long time in Bristol. And we also um, have agreed to follow those same federal guidelines. So we've got relocation relating to individuals, even if they're tenants, when we buy those houses out. And so making sure that everybody is where they need to be and taken care of is not, again, an overnight process. Speaking with uh, Mayor Deb Fine and running for, for re-election against Azark Cops coming up on April 2nd, you mentioned that the timeline was 30 years and now it's down to 10. Is there any possibility, or more it take another increase in stormwater fee, um, possibly to maybe lower that down even by a couple of years? Or is this, is this where it's probably going to have to stay now in terms of the timeline? And again, is that, is that 10 years to get everything done? Yes, it okay. should be. Yeah, I, I believe that's right. I might yeah. be wrong about that. I apologize. I don't yeah. have that right on the top of my head. Um, with respect to the stormwater fee, we phased in increases. So they're gonna, there's going to be another increase coming up anyway. Um, and so uh, we have council goals about uh, moving the Garden Hills project up sooner. Um, we have staff members looking at are there other sources of money. For example, we may qualify for some state EPA loans that would help us move the project up. So it's, it's not a we will never move it faster. It's a what do we have the capacity to do and is there funding available out there to do it? I mean... Primarily, the city of Champaign is fire, police, and public works. We have grown a lot to do a lot more, and we can talk about that. But, um, you know, fire, police, and public works are expensive in every neighborhood, um, and it's important that we respond to every neighborhood. So um, we we have to figure out how to allocate those resources, and, and we are working hard to get Garden Hills what they need. The other thing that's worth mentioning is that Garden Hills was annexed into the city of Champaign. It was not built to city standards, and, um, you know, we accepted it as is, which was not how um, it would have been built if it was built within the city of Champaign. Um, we probably back in that time frame should have started, you know, reserving money or looking at what are we going to do to bring this neighborhood up to city standards. They need, you know, gutters and sidewalks and streetlights. Um, but, you know, I applaud this council for taking on the project and figuring out how to get it done. So that's one thing that you know being here a long time. I was not aware that that was annexed in, and obviously it's probably out there and easy to look up. But do you happen to know? I mean, that, I'm guessing this is a really, really long time ago when that took place. So I, I don't know. Um, okay. Someone recently told me 1995, which seems way too recent yeah. to me to be true. <laughs> sure. But I, you know, I don't know the answer to that. That's fine. So basically, that's that's one of the new th unique things that people. The long-term residents of that neighborhood will probably know that information, but other people in the city who are maybe just on the outside may not realize that that, because it was not built to city standards, because it was not in the city, 
that creates a whole world of problems when you guys bring that into to the to the city ownership in terms of property. Um, and, but this could be done faster than 10 years, depending on all the money and funding that stuff you just listed. Sure. Well, and it, so it, and there, it's capacity, yeah. right? Um, we can't stop doing every other road and bridge project. And other drainage projects we're working you on. You know, that we're working on. Um, but we also... I mean, we may have we may have the ability to use some outside people, you know, consultants or something. I don't know. Council certainly is interested in seeing if we can move it up. I don't want to be on record saying I guarantee we will because I, you know, I think we're still looking for information and ways to do it. Let's uh, transition to other other issues facing the city. Uh, gun violence, obviously, is just an ongoing kind of a yearly thing in the city. Sometimes it spikes higher than others. Beginning of this year, actually, there was kind of a I think three different shootings at a, at a five-day stretch just to start the year, like the like the second week of the year, something like that. Um, that's obviously a big issue. The city's trying to to address that uh, with, the, with the well, actually, the community is Champaign-Urbana, the county, with the Fresh Start program. Um, what are you doing from a policing standpoint? I know that uh, your, your opponents mentioned community policing, maybe more of that. I know officers are assigned to certain districts and certain neighborhoods, so maybe some of that's already going on. I I have um, faith in our chief of police. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, council certainly has input on his strategic plan and organization for his operation, but I am not a chief of police. And um, we have a really good one. Um, one of the things that uh, they are doing is there is a countywide task force. And so we're not in it alone. We recognize that, you know, shooters don't stop at Wright Street or, you know, when they reach the edge of the city and now they're in the county. So, you know, um, we've got chiefs in Urbana and Champaign and U of I and Rantoul and the sheriff in the county. We all work together on a, on a multi-agency task force relating to this. And that's really important. When you see, um, you know, basically people who are, who are used to being in charge, being able to put their egos aside and work together in that way, I think that says good things about our community. Um, See You Fresh Start obviously is a really important piece of this, but we also have the Goal Getters program, which is aimed at um, high school age um, youth who Um, for whatever reason, have been identified by the district as needing some more intense wraparound services. And we started that last summer with the school district, and we worked with a group of students. Um, And I am just really proud of the amazing changes that they've made in their life. And, you know, we have some that are going to be graduating that are talking about attending Parkland, and they they are receiving um, really good help from the school district and from that program and the city's involved. Um, You know, we are going to be looking at trying to expand something like that and also reaching younger kids. There is no doubt that, and I, you know, I said it earlier, City of Champaign is primarily public works, fire and police, but we cannot ignore the, the importance of these social issues. And working with the youth in our community is what's going to secure the future of our community. Um, so I think we've had a shift on council where we are 
taking those issues seriously. We're looking at workforce development. We're looking at, you know, how do we intervene to make children and families' lives better? We recognize that we're not a service provider. The city of Champaign is geared up for fire police and public works, um, but but we can um, help to provide stability to programs. We can help to provide funding to programs. We're speaking with Mayor Deb Finan, running for re-election here in just uh, less than two weeks. Um, one thing he, yeah, it's hard to believe, <laughs> Uh, one thing he questioned on, on this issue, uh, your opponent, uh, was the leadership, and I, I think he did the community forum, the community forum, the candidate forum, I should say. Uh, do you think you provided enough leadership in the area of gun violence in terms of being out front? I know, again, it's a, this is the police department in terms of addressing the immediacy of when a shooting happens. I do. Um, I'm actually proud of the leadership not only I've provided, but our city staff, because they primarily have been the ones in the trenches working like crazy. So when you look at the community coalition that started with about 10 people around, you know, a table at the Douglas Annex, and we're now um, overflowing out of the Robeson room at the library and looking for other space because there's not adequate parking for all the people who want to be involved. Um, see you fresh start, which, um, you know, is something that came to be since I've been mayor that I've been supportive of and was a part of bringing to um, our community, I think is really important. Um, and our staff has been recognized on a nationwide level. They've gone to conferences to talk about what we are doing here in Champaign-Urbana um, on these issues. U.S. Conference of Mayors also recognized the city of Champaign and were part of um, a, a book that they have developed on what different communities are doing to stem the gun violence. So um, there's always more to be done. And I think as I started this by saying, we also have a really great community. So I recognize that campaign time focuses on all the things we need to continue to do. And I'm, you know, I'm with my opponent that, that you know, any loss of life and any guns fired is too many. But I also really want to recognize that um, for four years we have had particularly our staff working like crazy um, on these issues. And I'm, I'm really proud of their work and I'm proud of the city of Champaign. Another issue is the council has had to vote on several settlement of lawsuits involving interactions with police. Um, and, you know, we, I've, I myself and other members of our newsroom have talked to Fred Stavins. Uh, it becomes a, he's a city attorney. It comes of a cost versus trying to fight it because it could cost a lot more money than the settlement would be if you try to fight it in court. Even if you were to win it, you might be paying more in the end. How difficult is that from a council standpoint, from the mayor's standpoint, when you when you have a, a several of those come before you that you have to approve to avoid going to court? And is can something be done to besides avoiding the incidents? Uh, <laughs> uh, something be done to uh, avoid paying these large sums of money? They're in the six figures most of the time. Well, so um, I would put the ones that we've done in the last four years into two categories. There have been um, some that have been um, sort of gut-wrenching because I I believed that our officers were either in the right or did not do the thing um, that they were accused of doing. Um, and 
the reality was that for the risks associated relating to moving forward with a lawsuit and the potential losses that could devastate the city of Champaign, we accepted a reasonable settlement offer. Those are particularly hard. I would say that there was also a category, unfortunately, of lawsuits where um, the right thing to do was to pay compensation to the person who had the interaction with our police department. Um, some of those stem from events that occurred you know, prior to me being mayor. Some of them were while I was mayor. Um, and you know, certainly our chief is working on training and you know, really working on community involvement with our officers so they get to know the people that they are policing. Um, I Again, I have faith in him and I have faith in our police department, um, but those are hard as well. And it's, um, but some of those, it was the right thing to do. I know that's kind of a nationwide issue, just in, maybe not lawsuits, but just interaction with the community between the police and the community members and situations that come up. Um, just how difficult is that just from you're outside the police department and you're not in there but just to know that these kind of things can happen just because this is just the the, the nature of the country right now and its interaction with sometimes with law enforcement it, it is hard i also think that um it's it is it's hard it's hard on both sides so it, it's hard for our our public if they are fearful um, of our police and it's hard for the police if the public is fearful of them. Um, again, I think that our department is doing a good job um, and they are working on de-escalation techniques and you know we we have really moved from I guess what I would say a paramilitary type style to much more community policing style. We've implemented a citizen review board. We've in a, implemented a um, review of use of force task force. Um, those two things allow the public in and you know have transparency relating to any incidents that occur. And I think all of that is good for our community. Our chief is open to you know the citizens having a seat at the table and I believe all of our officers are as well. I do know the world has changed though. I mean I used to do ride-alongs and I would just you know ride along with the officers. Now they're much more cautious as we get out of the car. There have been times when they've asked me to wear a vest. Um, you know we're living in a different time. I know uh, you know I was I was here, at, you were on the council in 2009 when the, when the Kiwan Carrington uh, situation happened where he's unfortunately uh, died from that incident with the interaction with the police. How far has the city come in the, you know, nine and a half years since that time? I, I it's... In terms of the interaction with certainly, the community. Yeah, certainly mm. that was the catalyst for change. And I think it's changed us in ways that we can't even probably describe. Um, but the good that has come out of that is the community coalition is a direct result of the community meeting that happened after that incident. Um, and it continues to grow and be a powerful force. And, and, you know, it is the place where we have community 
police relations. We go out and knock on doors um, in the community and provide information. Um, we, you know, the style of police and we have a different chief um, are all a part of that as well. I think um, there is no doubt that it changed us as a community. I think it also opened us up to um, recognition on all sorts of economic issues and, you know, social justice issues in a way that this community hadn't thought about things before. Well, let's transition into one kind of one final topic. Uh, we're nearing 30 minutes here. Yes. But, uh, the development of the city on campus, you're seeing a lot of high rises, a lot of taller buildings going up there. Uh, your opponents kind of reference maybe see if it's possible to have some more developments in some of the underserved parts of the community. Now, I know, obviously, developers, they look at a site on their own. The city can't tell a developer where to go. The city works with them, obviously. Um, would you like to see some more development uh, in underserved areas of this community? Of course. Um, you know, we we now have a North End TIF district, so um, we just implemented that within the last year or so. I will remind everybody that we had um, the downtown TIF district, uh, the first one had to be renewed because absolutely no development had happened when it was there. Um, and it took the renewal of that downtown TIF in order to start getting development and getting things started. So again, government, it's not an overnight process. But I think with Bristol being revitalized on the North End and the Martin Center going in, which is a park district project, um, we are going to start seeing more development happening. We've got a Neal Street corridor plan that goes from the highway on Neal all the way down to our downtown. And then hopefully we have a plaza plan for our downtown area as the corridor comes in. And so that is opportunity to, for development. Things like that don't happen overnight. It takes some catalyst projects to get it going. Um, but I am hopeful that those things will happen. Any final thoughts on uh, you know, why you're running for mayor once again here as we get uh, close to the election? Well, I still believe that I have things to offer. And I think um, primarily um, that is that I work well with council and I work well with staff and I'm available to constituents. But one of the things um, from my lawyer training is that I work really hard to get people to work together. So I, I can sit with um, groups with opposing sides and try to find some middle ground. And I think that that's something that's important for a mayor to do. I think um, being professional and being available and hopefully uh, people think I've done a good job. Mayor Fonin, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you.